Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Welcome to 2022, everybody, even if I say the sports calendar doesn't reset till after the Super Bowl. It's a new year, and BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best wagering action in the new year. You can sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code BLEAVE. B-L-E-A-V, when you sign up with the link in the description to this episode. Bet online, where the game starts. Good afternoon or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy Podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it's a podcast. Welcome in, everybody. It is January 31st, according to my count. May not be that according to your count, but we appreciate you stopping in anyways. 849 episodes strong here on the Take It Easy podcast. And uh, this is our NFL Monday post-conference championship week. Um... 848 episodes I have been building up a case that this run for the Kansas City Chiefs has been the greatest four-year stretch any football team has had over my lifetime. That's about 20 years. You could go back further than that, even to the 1990s with the Dallas Cowboys, who are probably the closest comp for this argument, the Dallas Cowboys, the way they dominated the 90s. So let's say in a post-salary-capped NFL The Chiefs have the greatest four-year run of any team in the NFL, and they only have one championship to show for it because of an all-timer of a collapse. Um, We'll talk about that here on this episode. If you want the in-depth 49ers and Rams breakdown, you can hang out for our buddy Blake Jude here, and you can also get it over on the Memes of the Weekend podcast, which I do more in-depth 49ers and Rams breakdown, but The thing that I find fascinating about the Kansas City Chiefs is four-year run of dominance for the Chiefs all unraveled within two hours. Within two hours, the Chiefs had one of those games. And here's the thing about the NFL is a lot of this comes down to who makes fewer mistakes than the other people. Because we know on paper, if everyone plays a clean game, the Chiefs are better than the Bengals. And the Rams are better than the 49ers, and the Bengals were better than the Titans, and the Packers were better than the 49ers, and the Bucks were slightly better than the Rams, although you could make an argument based on injuries, they were comparable. We've seen all this before, and the NFL ends up delivering a weird postseason finish where the Bengals and Rams are going to play in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs 
don't get to be the representative sample of a dominant season. Now, they weren't that dominant this year. Last year's Chiefs team was better than this year's Chiefs team. You could argue the 2018 one was better than this year's team, and you could argue the 2019 one was better than this Chiefs team. But this Chiefs team did the hard thing of beating the Buffalo Bills, had the game in lockstep against the Cincinnati Bengals, and, God, the first start the game, the first touchdown where Mahomes just buys time, buys time, and then hits Tyreek Hill streaking to the end zone it's just like euphoria watching that Kansas City Chiefs offense because there's nothing you can do to stop it when it's clicking Tyreek Hill is faster than your corners Patrick Mahomes can buy enough time against your blitzes it was incredible and then it uh, the next one they have Kelsey catching a ball in the end zone because Kelsey is can only be guarded for so long and he's just gigantic and it was 14 for the Kansas City Chiefs And it was 21-3, and it was right there. And then it started to fall apart for Kansas City. And the thing that I thought about coming out of that game was, this happens to everyone. I mean, the the comp that they showed for this game of an 18-point deficit blown in a conference championship game, it was the Patriots and the Colts, 2006. The Patriots end up blowing an 18-point lead. Bill Belichick goes for it with a seven-point lead on fourth and two, and everyone crushes Bill Belichick for not getting it. And Peyton Manning gets the ball, goes down, wins the game in overtime. And the comp to that is that this even happens to Tom Brady, which, of course, the Patriots dynasty is the standard bearer for dominant success across 20 years. And this Kansas City Chiefs team is going to continue to be great, but I don't think they're going to be as great as the team was before when Patrick Mahomes was on the rookie contract. Unless they change the salary cap rules in the NFL, having three Hall of Fame players on offense, two receivers, and Mahomes, obviously, in their prime was the foundational building block for this Kansas City Chiefs dynasty. And this was going to happen eventually because it happens to everyone. Like, this was the same thing that happened to Aaron Rodgers last week, what happened to Tom Brady in 2006, what happened to Tom Brady against Baltimore the year that Joe Flacco went to the Super Bowl. Like, this happens. The thing that makes the Patriots and the Chiefs and the Packers, I mean, less so the Packers because they've had a lot of these, the thing that makes these runs great is that they just have fewer of them than everyone else does. The Kansas City Chiefs have games where they play terrible because, of course, you're going to have games where you play terrible. This is an imperfect sport, and I just didn't want it to be this year. This year's team for the Kansas City Chiefs was destined to win the Super Bowl because the Kansas City Chiefs were the best team in the AFC. They beat the Buffalo Bills, who were their equals, and they had the Cincinnati Bengals beat. Again, if Patrick Mahomes, with five seconds left in the first half, decides to just throw the ball down instead of doing a second read. The Chiefs kick a field goal, go up 24-10, and that field goal at the end of the game that Harrison Butker hit to force overtime doesn't force overtime. It wins the game. 24-27, Chiefs win. Just one thing of the spectacular catastrophes the Kansas City Chiefs had to blow a 96% chance of winning the game one of them had to just not happen. And by the way, the Rams got the same luck last week when Cooper Cup fumbles. Cam Akers fumbles twice in spectacular fashion. The kicker comes up short on a 47-yard field goal. Jalen Ramsey gets burned by Mike Evans deep. And then in the game today, Jalen Ramsey drops an interception that would have sealed the win for the Rams 
before they win the game anyways. Everything went wrong, except one thing went right for the Rams, and they still beat the Bucks. Just one thing needed to go right for the Chiefs, and they couldn't get one. They couldn't get Joe Burrow sacked in a 21-10 game when Chris Jones had him wrapped up and he threw a completion to Jamar Chase that led to a field goal. They couldn't get one sack. It happened twice. It happened where Burrow, third and seven, he's sacked, escapes from the from the grips of Chris Jones and scrambles for a first down, ends up setting up the field goal that gives them the lead. One thing going right for the Chiefs and they win that game. And by the way, they got the one too. Joe Burrow threw a pick in the fourth quarter of a 21-21 game. The Chiefs immediately punted because Mahomes took a sack. The Chiefs had down three, second and goal at the four-yard line with a minute 20 to go, no timeouts for Cincinnati. And Mahomes took a six-yard sack and a negative 17-yard sack where he fumbles the football, recovered by Joe Tooney to even keep the game alive, make the field goal, then throw a pick on the first drive of overtime after winning the coin toss. And they lose. One thing needed to go right for the Chiefs. And by the way, this game happens to everyone. It just hurts me that I'd been building this case for the Kansas City Chiefs being this dynastic team of the last four years. They'll only have two Super Bowl appearances to show for it when they should have four and maybe have two or three championships. And it just takes a catastrophe of falling apart because the Chiefs were better than the Cincinnati Bengals. We knew the Chiefs were better than the Bengals coming into the game, and the Chiefs played better than the Cincinnati Bengals. It just all fell apart at the end because Pat- uh, as much as we like talk about who's a bigger choker between Jimmy G and Matt Stafford, like Patrick Mahomes really fell apart in this one. Again, a Chiefs team that had Travis Kelsey six consecutive games catching a touchdown. Terry Hill, three touchdowns in these playoff games. The Chiefs were clicking exactly the way they had the entire playoffs and only in those last two quarters did everything start to fall apart for Kansas City after the play where they should have scored a touchdown at the end of the half everything starts to fall apart and they still could have survived they still could have survived it if not for one thing going right for them one extra thing they did right on offense or even the defense bailing them out because Chris Jones sacks Joe Burrow on that third and seven that leads to the game go-ahead field goal just one thing needing to go right and so I'm not even mad about the loss for the Kansas City Chiefs it's disappointing of course because I'd been building this case and I want to tell the oral history of the Kansas City Chiefs with the crux of it being they've had the greatest four-year run any of us have seen in our life, or at least people my age have seen in our lifetime, in the post-salary cap NFL. None of the four years of the Patriots stack up to what the Kansas City Chiefs have done, even though the Patriots went to three consecutive Super Bowls, three Super Bowls straight, four and five years, still doesn't stack up to what the Chiefs have been in terms of dominating the NFL. And congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. Like We'll talk more about the game itself with Blake Jude coming up in a second. But that part kind of stings from a Kansas City Chiefs standpoint and talking about how all of those plays had to go wrong for Kansas City. The same way I could list out all the weird things that went wrong for the Rams, they just 
went wrong for the Kansas City Chiefs there. They played the two high safety strategy and Mahomes beat two high safeties with Mecole Hardman in the first half. They took everything that they were given. At the end of the game when it was 24-21, they took everything that was given and I don't understand why. Mahomes threw the pick to B.J. Hill, two punts, they got an interception of Joe Burrow and still had to punt again. Like Kansas City, just everything had to go wrong for them to blow a 97% chance win probability. And still they won the coin toss. And still they had second and goal at the four before Mahomes took those sacks. And honestly, they blew so many things that the game probably should have ended earlier than it did, but it didn't. And it was just a really bad half of football. It happens. Every team goes through it over a large sample size. It's just the best teams do it less often than everyone else. And in the case of the New England Patriots, they didn't do it like ever. And they got all the good breaks for some reason and won six championships out of it and played in 14 conference championships and played in 10 Super Bowls or Tom Brady played 10 Super Bowls. I think they played in nine. Tom Brady played in 10. It's it's incredible that they got all those breaks over and over, over 20 years. And the Kansas City Chiefs, I talked about this as Walter on Friday, which was released on Sunday. Like, the Kansas City Chiefs, remarkably unlucky. And today was their own undoing, but also really unlucky, because the Chiefs should be in that Super Bowl, and they should be beaten up on the Los Angeles Rams, getting a second championship and allowing me to write oral histories about how they're the greatest four-year run any of us have seen. And by the way, I still think they're the greatest four-year run any of us have seen. One result doesn't make or break that that what I've seen over the last four years. Maybe nitpicking it does because we're talking about the greatest runs in football over the last 25 years. So yeah, we can play the results on some of that, and it was a really bad finish for Kansas City. And maybe that pushes them over the edge when push comes to shove and we're so close when talking about that four-year run for the Patriots when we're so close and we're picking within the margins yeah maybe this one result does end up changing the math on that but I still saw what I saw with the Kansas City Chiefs over the last four years it's been an incredible run they're probably going to win eight more AFC West championships but it's still really difficult for the fact that they had it in their grasp they had it in they literally had the Super Bowl in their arms and Joe Burrow escaped and Joe Burrow tried to give it back a couple times I know everyone's going to make the Joe Burrow ice in their veins thing but Joe Burrow tried to give it away a few times Bengals offense didn't really play that well they tried their best to give it away got outplayed by the Chiefs and then they made a storm back in the third quarter and held on to win because the Chiefs made enough mistakes, and they did not make the mistakes. And once it gets to a point where Mahomes throws that pick to Von Bell, and you're sitting on a situation where you're counting on your rush defense to try and save the game because your offense didn't maximize its opportunities, Chiefs were built on that offense, man. It's three Hall of Famers and the greatest offensive coach in the history of football. It is a tough, tough reality when you have to bank on that defense to bail you out they almost did they had it in their arms and joe burrow escaped and threw a pass to jamar chase that set up another goddamn field goal and we get to watch the cincinnati bengals playing the super bowl against the los angeles rams and we get to celebrate that in the totally improbable fact of this with our friend 
Blake Jude, uh, courtesy of Stripe Hype Cincy and the Stripe Hype All Day podcast. And just follow Blake Jude on Twitter and Stripe Hype Scouting. You can check out all of that. The links are in the description to this here episode so you can support Blake in his celebration of the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl. And we'll talk more about the actual game other than just the wacky, weird plays that end up changing the result. You guys know what that means. It's time to talk about Sheets and Giggles. Yes, Sheets and Giggles. It's a great name for a company. Sheets and Giggles makes 100% eucalyptus bed sheet sets, duvet covers, comforters, and throw blankets. They will make you fall in love with sleep. Eucalyptus is a miracle fabric that is super soft, temperature balancing, hypoallergenic, and static free. You will wake up feeling more alive than ever before. Trust me. Go to sheetsandgiggles.com today and get the rest that you so richly deserve. Use our promo code TAKEITEASY for a 10% discount on your purchase at sheetsandgiggles.com. That's sheetsandgiggles.com. Dude. Dude. (laughs) Who thought we would see the day? Who thought we would see the day while we were recording this podcast? Two years ago, we were laughing at them having the number one pick in the draft. I, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm wearing the jersey on purpose just so you can see it, but this, this one is distressing. This, this one is brutal. <laughs> this is such an amazing playoff, just, uh, just overall stretch of games, like how much fun it's been. I know I'm biased. I know I'm biased. And the seat of oh, of course. It's surreal. <laughs> but every single game has been so good. I've been so invested in every game this year. And to finally see it, like, turn out to be the way it is, to see either Matt Stafford get his first Super Bowl ring or the Bengals get their first Super Bowl ring, both very deserving. It's amazing. It really is amazing. It's been such a great, great year of football. Okay, out of this entire run, where do you where do you want to start this off with? Because there's a lot we can try and tackle with this with the with your boys over in Cincinnati. Because I I'm cool talking about the clock management at the end of the game. I'm cool talking about how Joe Burrow ended up trying to give the game away when everyone's going to say ice in his veins, ice in his veins when he threw the interception that normally would cost them the game. No, the Chiefs couldn't score. Uh, end of half, um, <laughs> this negative 10 passing yards, uh, or negative two passing yards, I think, in the first like 18 minutes of the second half yeah. for the Chiefs. All of it was just crazy. What do you want to, what do you think is the most fascinating part of this? Well, I, I will say uh, the uh, the clock management was definitely interesting, but I, I want to give first and foremost a tip of the cap to Lou Anarumo and the Bengals' defense for somehow, <laughs> some way, not doing it once, but twice, holding the Chiefs to three points combined in every overtime and, and second half in overtime in the last two games, total of six points, three in each game, is insane. Insane. I don't have ever seen a team do that, especially considering this is a, I would say, average defense, right? Like, I think it's a pretty fair assessment of the Bengals' defense. They're about average, right? To see them do it to Mahomes is insane to me. I don't know how that happened. They just always get – the Cincinnati Bengals are one of the most unclutched teams in NFL history, right? <laughs> this has been the most clutch year 
when it comes to defense I've ever seen the Bengals have. I mean, defense and special teams, really, because Evan McPherson as well. I don't know how it happens, but when we need a stop, whenever we need a turnover, they always get one. It is surreal. Yeah, you know who does that? Bill Belichick. That's the only person who does that, who holds the Chiefs to six points of offense in the first half. It's just Bill Belichick, and that's it. It's uh, so that part's incredible. The Chiefs could have had 24 points going into the half. They just needed to either kick the field goal. I don't even care about the field goal play. Like you can run a play with five seconds. You just need to get it out very, very quickly. If you're going to run a play with five seconds left, they could have had 24 at that point, at which point the game winning field goal at the end, it's over. Like you win. You don't have to go to overtime. You don't have to take two sacks when you have the ball second and goal at the four yard line, make it a 44 yard field goal. Like all of it was crazy at the end there, but yeah, Bengals defense tip of the cap to them. Cause I'm used to Patrick. Mah- I mean, there was one play in the first half where Patrick Mahomes ran right into Trey Hendrickson and then changed direction, turned back and scrambled for a first down. Right. And once it got to the end of the game, like, he was doing some of that stuff, but the Bengals were getting sacks. Hubbard stripped him one time when he had to protect the football. Um, the scramble to the left where Hendrickson knocks him out of bounds a couple yards short. All of it was much better at the end of the game, as if the Bengals got a step quicker than the Kansas City Chiefs at the end. It, it really did feel like the first half, Mahomes was almost perfect when it came to QB play. Every single decision he needed to make, he, he made the right decision. I believe he was, what, 18 for 20 in the first half. I know he had over 250 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, his passer rating was near perfect, like I said. I mean, this guy was insane. And, and I said myself, whenever I was, uh, you know, you know, doing my pregame, basically, on, on my Instagram page, Stripe Cincy, I was saying, the Bengals are going to win this football game. They need to jump out quick. They need to be the team to score first, punch uh, Kansas City in the mouth, see how they respond. Because I knew, and or at least I thought, uh, if Kansas City comes out fast and strong, they are not going to do what they did last time the Cincinnati Bengals. They are well aware that the Bengals are capable of coming back. They're going to keep the foot on the pedal, and they are going to continue to score until the Bengals are beaten down. And I thought after 21-3, to I even posted on my page. I was like, you know, this, this game might have been over before it even started because this was just clearly a game of homes was refusing to lose. And then all of a sudden, the complete opposite happens in the second half where we just see a Bengals defense come out and play so inspired. I really don't know what was driving force of it. If it was just the first stop in the, in the, in the first possession or at the last possession of the second half, and Eli Apple got the huge tackle against Tyree Kill on, on, uh, at the end of the, the half, or if it was just a couple of lucky, you know, a couple of drives that didn't work out well for the Chiefs, and all of a sudden the Bengals got momentum from that. I really don't know what it was. But all of a sudden, everything that could have gone right for the Bengals went right. That's just how it went, right? And sometimes, sometimes for a team, you just need things to go right for you. And for the Bengals' defense, it went right. We don't, we, we don't see Mahomes make a lot of mistakes. First half, Mahomes, like I said, was perfect. Second half, Mahomes was one of the worst playoff performances we have seen from him in quite a long time. Like, he, he really just did not seem accurate. He was missing a lot of throws that he should have made. He made a couple of bad decisions. He took a really, couple of really bad sacks in the game. Otherwise, they really should have won. Yeah, and they scored until the very end zero points in the second half, and it was right. It was when the halftime play happened because it was twenty-one ten, and it was the play that they didn't score any points at the half. 
that's when it switched. Right when that happened, I'm like, oh no, what have you done? That is a, because that's a 10 point swing right there. Like one P Ryan scoring that touchdown early meant that the Chiefs could go into halftime up 14 and get the ball coming out of halftime, which they then punted like the next two drives right after that. There's also one play. I, I just want to throw it out here because I forgot to mention it before. Joe Burrow was sacked by Chris Jones and yeah, just escaped and threw a pass to Jamar Chase. And they went from having to punt on fourth down to getting a field goal to make it 21-13. Like he was sacked and he still got out of it and still threw a pass to Chase. And then there was another one where he was sacked again and scrambled for a first down. I don't think that one did much for them. Maybe, maybe it led to the field goal that made it 24-21. But it... That those two were just ridiculous. It's like every good, every time something happened, I found myself like throwing my pencil down because I was just like, God, every single thing is going wrong for Kansas City. And they still could have, should have, would have won the game at the end because they took two sacks on second and goal at the four yard line. Like people crap on the Seahawks for not running the ball at the goal line. They took a negative six yard sack and a negative 17 yard sack at the four yard line going in to win the game. And, and also Patrick Mahomes fumbled the goddamn football (laughs) when the only thing you can't do is fumble the football. It was so weird. It was so weird. Cause Bad clock management. Like we could say Sean McVay had bad clock management. Like bad clock management doesn't even begin to describe the what happened with the Chiefs because it was just it wasn't even bad clock management. It was just weird plays all over the place. Like just we I mean the, the play calls are understandable, but just really weird execution. And we think of Patrick Mahomes as the guy that's never gonna do that, never gonna make the dumb play over and over and over again. But it sometimes happens. You know, I think one thing that I, I've ever, if I ever get into coaching, one thing that I will always preach to my players is take what you have in front of you. Basically, what I'm saying is, you know, that it's a very big risk to go for it with five seconds left on a, on a third down and pass it, to, not in the end zone to Kyrie Kill. If you want to go for it, go for it and put it in the end zone. If not, kick a field goal. I also think for, for the Chiefs, especially at the end of the game, when it was 24-21, they were looking to drive down the, the, the field, basically run out the time and score a touchdown, right, uh, or, or a field goal. Um, I, I think really what Andy Reid should have done and what Mahomes should have done is prioritized getting the ball down the field and scoring a touchdown. They really seem to not want to score a touchdown, right? They just want to get the first downs, move the ball down slowly. Get what you can take. The, that team was definitely capable of scoring a touchdown at that very moment. They were, drop, they were driving down the field very easily. The Bengals realized – hey, they want to get a first down. You know what we're going to do? We're going to stand right in front of the first down markers and force them to try to go into the end zone, right? Once that happened, Mahomes is already getting past rush. He used to fall back. He doesn't have enough – I mean, Mahomes has a lot of arm strength. He's not had the capability of throwing a jump ball in the end zone there to a guy like that 40 yards back. I mean, just like that's way too hard at that point. So it really kind of felt like to me – Chiefs wanted to take the best of both worlds, run the clock down, and score a touchdown with 15 seconds left whenever they could have tried to go for a touchdown with a minute and a minute, maybe 45 seconds left, and have the point where Cincinnati has the ball down four with 45 seconds left. I think they probably won that game if that's the case, right? It just feels like they were trying to be way too greedy. They were trying to do a little too much at the end of the game and ended up biting them in the butt because at the end of the day, Bengals deep to the line and defense as a whole stepped up whenever they needed to, got a couple of sacks, forced overtime, got a huge third down stop into overtime even after losing the coin flip and managed to score to win the game. 
That one or, was crazy there. That that coin flip one was crazy because yeah, they win the coin toss. Yeah, they're going to go win the game. No, we just saw it last week and assumed the same thing would happen again, and it didn't there. It, it felt like they were just playing the game script from last week and trying to learn from their mistakes of we should have lost last week because 13 seconds has never, ever gotten into field goal range in nine seconds. And they, they kind of tried to correct that mistake a bit. But again, everything was correct except the execution of the last two plays where they took a negative six yard sack and a negative 17 yard sack with a fumble that only would have been more perfect if Butker had missed that kick and they lose in regulation. (laughs) It only would have been more poetic justice if that's how the Bengals get to go to the Super Bowl. Also, can we complain about Tony Romo not laying out for the call? I'd like to say that when, when Jim Nance hits you with the setup of saying this a month ago would be unfathomable and then they snap the ball, hold it, and McPherson kicks it and then he says, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Don't say anything else, Tony Romo. Just let it sit. Don't steal the moment. I would like to complain about Tony Romo hogging the moment after Jim Nance had the perfect call of the end of that game. Yeah, I mean, I love Romo. I definitely think a lot of his analysis and stuff like that's really fun. But man, he he annoyed me this game, right? He just annoyed me. I was really annoyed. I mean, as a Bengals fan, I think a lot of people were. They're like, can Romo just shut up and let us watch this game? Like, honestly, if Jim Nance just did the game by himself, I'd be totally okay with that, right? But yeah, I, he did kind of take away from the moment, I guess, a little bit. But at the same time, I still love Romo. I got to appreciate him. He's, he's He's been a great analyst for such a long, or, you know, for the last couple of years uh, doing announcing. So I really can't hate too much on him. But at the same time, I mean, all around, I mean, for, for Romo, I, I think, especially to be able to be the one to analyze that game is so accurate in a way, because I feel like, this is such a, a a really interesting game when looking at it on the side of both quarterbacks. I mean, it, Mahomes had a had a fantastic first half. Basically, came off of what he did against the Bills and did it like again in the first half against the Bengals, right? But honestly, outside of that, you know, Joe Burrow was not perfect either half. He had a couple of really good plays, but he, like you said, he made a couple of mistakes in this game that could have cost them the win. He threw a bad interception to Lejarius Sneed that was that wasn't even supposed to be pa- uh, passed right. He took a lot of. He really did. It really did feel like he was way too focused on not getting sacks. He wanted to be able to get the ball out of his hands quickly, and a lot of times it kind of stalled some drives, uh, forced a couple of field goals. And the Mahomes second half in overtime was, I mean, it wasn't terrible. He like especially at the end, uh, at the end of the regulation, he did what needed to be done to get down to kick a field goal. But at the same time, the sacks he took, the two interceptions he had were just, you know, granted great plays by the Bengals. At the same time, plays that could have been avoided by him. Really, kind of felt like this was a game that all around was not what I think we would expect from Burrow and, and Mahomes in a in a game. Like, you would have thought that this would be a, a big shootout. It ended up being really just a grinded-out game that Cincinnati managed to just beat the Chiefs in. Well, this is the thing I told you about, where this is either going to be one of the flukiest champions in the history of the NFL, or it's going to launch a 20-year Bengals dynasty with Joe Burrow being the next Tom Brady, because – the Bengals have won these games while not playing well on offense. Like Joe Burrow has not played fantastic in any of the three games that they've had so far. I think McPherson kicked like eight or nine field goals in the three games that they played. And usually better offenses do beat you. And by the way, the Kansas City Chiefs did beat them. They had them beat the entire way through the game. And it was just because the Raiders couldn't score points against their defense because the Raiders are not a great offense and the Titans were a broken offense. And then the defense stepped up against the Chiefs in the second half and 
the, the Chiefs made mistake after mistake after mistake that they had one of the great comebacks in the history of the NFL, which happens sometimes. It's just weird that the Bengals got that lucky three times in a row or the Bengals are on to something where it's like, no, this is how we're going to launch a dynasty with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and everyone's going to come join us in free agency and all of that stuff. It's maybe that happens for the Bengals, but it is kind of weird that they've been so good while averaging like 20 points a game in the playoffs. I will say in the moments they needed to in the moments they needed to step up, they did it and they took advantage of it and won a team the game. So big, like huge, you know, praise to the Bengals for doing that. Whenever they saw a mistake made by the Chiefs, they took advantage of it, or made by the Titans, Raiders, whatever it was, they were able to take advantage of it and win the game. Uh, I definitely think that needs to be recognized and deserved. Like without a doubt, teams have to have a little bit of luck to win a Super Bowl. I think all teams do. That's kind of how it works. I think a lot of uh, you know a lot of it's skill, a lot of it is, but you also have to have a good bit of luck as well to be successful. Um, and I think the Bengals had a lot of luck that they just took advantage of. At the same time, you really cannot expect a lot of games where we see Ryan Tannehill throw three interceptions in the game, where we see Mahomes throw two interceptions at the end of a game, where we see Derek Carr throw a red zone interception at the end of the game, right? This was a game that, or this was a, this was a playoff series that the Bengals were just able to capitalize on the mistakes the quarterbacks made in crunch time, which you can not always bet on, but can happen. Joe Burrow said it himself. He did say it. He goes, you know what? We're a second half team. That's not really a good thing. You really don't want to be a second half team, right? You want to be a team that can play both halves. And that's something that they have to work on. And I, I think they will get better at as they continue to progress as a team moving forward. But but for a team to still manage to have those problems, the first half problems, the offensive line problems, and still be able to grind it out and make the big plays just enough to be able to win is is really impressive for such a young team, right? This is still one of the youngest teams in the NFL. They still have a really young quarterback. They have a really young wide receiver. They have a young quarterback. So uh, really, really, you know, they have a lot of places they can still fix. Like, you know, there's a they need an extra cornerback. I know Eli Apple's, a, you know, he's done pretty well, I guess, the last couple of weeks. He needs to be replaced, right? You, you definitely want to get another cornerback there to, to play on the offensive side of Chibay Wujier. You still want to get an offensive line pretty much entirely. This is still one of the worst offensive line groups in the NFL. Um, there are still a lot of holes on this roster. This is not a perfect roster the Bengals have. They can get better, and almost none of the plays that they have right now are even in their prime, honestly. But the fact that they are still here because of the big play shows resiliency and how they all bought in at the exact same time for Zach Taylor. And I really do also think a very underrated key factor that happened, C.J. Uzama got injured at the beginning of the, of the, of the first quarter, um, had an MCL sprain and, and took him out for the game. And I remember he was crying whenever they carted him to the back. That really kind of felt like a big gut punch. Um, to see him walk back out the second half and see him on the sideline, screaming at players, talking to them, pumping them up, getting them ready, being a vocal leader out there. I think it inspired the Bengals to go out there and play harder. So you said that they might have been an extra step faster. They might have been just a little bit more than what the Chiefs were expecting in the second half. It really kind of felt like all bought in again at the exact same time. They, they jumped out slow. I think a lot of it was nerves probably. But whenever they needed to get out there, be faster, be better, they did. And that was – I, I got to commend them. That, that's really impressive. What did you make of 49ers Rams? Let's do Did y'all know that the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing. He invests in stocks and crypto and even art with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares in art 
from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And when that art sells, you get return on investments as high as 30%. If you want to get priority access with Masterworks today, go to masterworks.art slash believe. Masterworks.art slash believe to start investing in stocks and cryptocurrency and shares in artwork today. You can invest like the goat with Masterworks. See important disclosures at masterworks.com slash disclaimer.